Welcome to Hot Off the Press, a podcast that provides knowledge and emotional support for new and aspiring printers. I'm Jillian of Studio Soprano. And I'm Mariah of Mariah Creates, and we are two letterpress printers who believe in sharing our knowledge and learning together. We're here to help bridge the gap between antique printing methods and modern design. So hang up your apron, put down those palette knives, and let's get into what's hot off the press. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Hot Off the Press. I'm Mariah of Mariah Creates, and I'm here with my biz bestie, fellow printer, Jillian of Studio Soprano. (laughs) We are kicking off season three of Hot Off the Press, and we are celebrating the first week officially of Printmas. Yay! So excited. So since this season takes us really deep into the holiday season, which is, of course, a really busy time for small business owners, um, we are going to make each week's episode a little more fun with some giveaways and specific call to actions to share a little holiday cheer with all of you, our listeners. So welcome back. And uh, yeah, no better way to kick off uh, Printmas than you know, talking about the holiday season. Um. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you're either in two boats. You're either like totally swamped right now because you did prepare in advance and like now you're kind of in the thick of it. Like you've got all this stuff in your house. You're taking all these photographs. You're like doing pre-holiday marketing in that boat or you're in the boat like I am where I had every intention of starting early, but how the heck is it October? Oh my gosh. (laughs) I don't have my holiday products ready at all. (laughs) So if talking about the holidays freaks you out, it's totally fine. Take a deep breath. Like we're all going to get through it. And if you are facing October 1st, dead in the eyes with literally nothing done, it's going to be okay. We're going to walk you through how in small steps to get from today to the holidays without hopefully too much stress and panic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, even when pumpkin spice lattes rolled out at Starbucks, I was like, what? I am not emotionally ready for the holidays. Um, But yes, I will take one. Thank you very much. No whipped cream. Thank you. Um, Yeah, it's like, it's one of those things. The holidays, I think, sneak up on you every year. And um, it's like life just gets busier and busier starting at the end of fall or end of summer. And it just like carries on snowballing and getting even crazier all the way up until the holidays. So um, regardless of what holiday you celebrate, um, you're probably listening to this as someone who either designs and makes products or sells products or uh, prints people's products. So this is going to be relevant to all of you. Um, We are obviously launching our own products and, you know, Jillian and I have both had a couple of Christmases under our belts. So we have kind of some newfound perspective based on our last couple years of experience and um, we're here to help. So hopefully you know, we can help you stay prepared and get ready and maybe give you a few reminders of what you need to do. (laughs) I don't know about you, Mariah, and like exactly where you are in your product preparation. But like, I legit had every intention of illustrating and designing in July and being freaking done by the beginning of August. And it just never (laughs) happened. Um, Like at all. So in the past year, that would get me really discouraged. And I think even last year, I had this plan to do like, July preparation, August production, and then I didn't do that. And I got really panicked. And like, 
I ended up just adding like one or two card designs to my line and that was it because like I just got too much in my head about not having enough time. Yeah. But I refused to do that this year because honestly, there was so much more I could have done because I didn't need all the time in the world, especially if all I'm doing is just creating new iterations of older products. Like if I have note cards and greeting cards and I'm just creating new designs on those, then I already like have everything I need. I just need to like print new designs. So um, I refuse to like let the panic set in and I've created a little like six step plan Six feels like a digestible amount, right? Like that's not too many steps. Totally. Okay. So here's my six-step plan. Step one is to make an outline of the top products that I want to bring into my store. So like these, like I have a million ideas. I could fill up a notebook of ideas, but I'm just going to pick like the top few that I feel like I really want to focus on this season. And I'm not even going to make it a huge number. I know some brands come out with like 40, 50, 100 different like products in a collection. And like last year I had so much success just selling my old designs plus two new designs. So like if you want to do five, do five. Like that's great. So anyway, step one is just to outline the products, like not design them, just like write down what they are. Step two is to order the material you need for those products, (laughs) including the packaging, including the packaging. All the way down to shipping boxes and packing tape and all of those things that you're going to need. Uh, Shipping labels also is a big one. I feel like Um, you like forget until you run out of and then all of a sudden you're, you know, like just taping pieces of paper. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. And it might sound a little backwards. You haven't designed anything yet, but you're buying all this stuff. But trust me, even if you decide you're going to buy like acrylic ornaments, but you don't have your acrylic ornament design yet, I trust that you're going to figure out what to do with those acrylic ornaments. The best thing is just to buy your items now. And especially because of the packaging, you want to make sure that everything fits. My first holiday, I forgot to buy the boxes that my box sets. It is literally in the title of the (laughs) item, box sets. I forgot to buy the little craft boxes to put the cards in. So, of course, I had to, like, overnight them from, you know, clear bags. And then I got them and realized that I can't fit two of them side by side in the shipping boxes that I bought. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. I personally really, like, I have streamlined my offerings and it's turned out to be really, like, the best time saver and also space saver because I have three shipping box sizes and a small medium and a large size I know exactly how many like of my note card set boxes which are you know like the small little boxes with eight note cards and envelopes right like I know exactly how many fit in each of those boxes of shipping boxes so like if I get an order that has three boxes of note cards I know that they won't fit in my small one or if I have a seven cards they won't like you know like knowing what size and how many of things are going to fit in your boxes will also tell you kind of how many you need to order like I order like twice as much of my smallest boxes, but I use my bigger boxes for, you know, everything, both like wholesale printing and invitations as well as large orders. So, you know, you can find out what works for you and whatever products you're going to offer, but 
knowing how many of each item goes in that package will tell you kind of what <laughs> like you're going to need overall and testing them. Like if you're like, I offer mostly a two size cards. So like a five inch box, <laughs> like if it, if it has a five inch width or whatever, it's only going to fit like the boxes one direction. Like you have to think mm -hmm. about those things or even order a sample and test those things. Um, I also order a lot of my boxes from uh, eco enclosed, like my shipping boxes, and they take a few weeks because they cut them individually, like they cut them to order. So yeah. all of the packaging stuff takes time, both like trial and error and also just ordering it. So just start on that now. And that'll also help you kind of like decide what sizes of cards you want to offer, whether you're going to offer those greeting, like gift tags wholesale or not, you know, those things will all kind of vary depending on, on what you want to package things like. So yeah, that's a part of the design process and supplies, you know, like that is very much a part of the design process too. Yeah. And because, you know, the holidays are looming closer and closer, if you feel like you don't have time for trial and error as much, then just go up a little larger of a size. Like play it safe. My The boxes I ordered for my first holiday should have fit two things side by side, but it's like an eighth of an inch where the box sets like overlap and there's yeah. just nothing you can do about that. You can't like bulge the box out. You don't want to like squeeze them in. Yeah. Um, so play it safe and just go a little bit larger and then plan to put in some sort of packing. And that could even just be, you know, newspaper that you have around the house, magazines you have around the house, put through a shredder. Like yeah. it doesn't have to be totally. something that you buy and spend money on. It could just be like easy stuff that you have around. Okay. Yeah. So that was step two, ordering your materials. Get those in now. Things are going to get out of stock. Lead times are going to start getting crazy. So just whatever you can. If you're – this is assuming you're printing your cards yourself. Like get your paper, get your envelopes, all that stuff. If you're outsourcing the printing, I understand you'll need to like design first before you order your prints. But yeah. then get everything else. Buy the envelope colors you like. Buy the boxes they're going to go into. The envelopes will always be larger than your cards. So as long as you have your envelope size, you're going to be able to see how everything else fits together. Totally. And so that could be that, like your sleeves and boxes and things for your card sets. Like Exactly. Because let me tell you, the 5 by 7 <laughs> sleeves do not fit a 5 by 7 envelope half the time. Yeah, I that's a good point. Had, <laughs> I have had to like bend envelopes to get them in those stupid plastic sleeves. So yeah. if you are a company who uses the plastic sleeves, I do. I really try to minimize it, but there's just some times where I'm like, the risk is too high of this getting damaged. Yeah. Um, especially during the winter when we have rain and snow and all of that sloshiness, you're going to need to make sure your paper goods stay dry. Totally. But yeah, just be prepared that if you see five by seven, Sometimes that literally means the inside dimension is five by seven, which does not account for your envelope. So yeah, which like is kind of funny on its own. But I guess like if you're doing like a five by seven print or something, it's <laughs> that's acceptable. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay, so step three, then you've got all of your materials ordered. Step three is to schedule days on your calendar where you could design one to two products at a time. And I say this because I feel like if you sit down and block a whole day out for holiday products, which I always try to do, you're going to get distracted. You're going to fill it with other things because emergencies are going to come up. So just do like a half day block so that you could still put meetings and production and other things in the other part of the half day. 
and just try to get like two of them done. And that way, like if life keeps happening and stuff gets in the way, you at least have two and you can move forward with that. And like, honestly, if you have holiday designs from previous holiday seasons, just reprint them in different colors. Like there's tiny ways to take stuff you've already made and repurpose it into a new product. Yeah. Um, I actually had a card last year that was really popular and I was kind of surprised that people liked it as much as they did. And I was like, great, well, I'll just remake that this year in like a slightly ver- like modified version that is easier to print because <laughs> it was actually really <laughs> difficult. Um, <laughs> so, you know, there's also like a lot of room for taking a previous design that you maybe liked or was well received, but like wasn't easy to execute and making it new again, you know? Um, I also, I personally, as far as scheduling things, I love to schedule design days on like a Friday when I'm like, ready for the weekend. I want to do fun things. I don't want to do like all my monotonous like admin stuff that day. I want to do the fun stuff. And so for me, that is the designing part. Um, And then I have kind of the weekend to like either continue sketching on my iPad or, you know, coming up with ideas like gets the creative energy flowing. And then by the time Monday rolls around, I have fresh eyes. I can look at that again, make any final tweaks and order. So that's kind of my like go to. Um, I just really like that works for me. Um, do I always stick to it? Absolutely not. But <laughs> that's the that's the beauty of the ebb and flow of creativity. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I tend to do a little bit of my design work on Mondays because I need that like ease into the week. I hate yeah. like first thing on Monday morning, opening up my email and then being like, um, I don't know, like totally directed by whatever's happening in my email and not at all directed on things that I have to get done um, in order to like be successful the next season. So I sometimes like to do it on Monday, but the best thing about scheduling something for Monday is that if it doesn't work out, you literally have four more days that you could like push, push, push. (laughs) Yeah, that's totally true. And like the problem with Friday is like if I do put off anything else that week, it ultimately ends up on Friday and then all of a sudden my design day is gone. So like there's there's pros and cons to like either end of the spectrum, but like, you know, just do what works for you. And I think I think overall for me, it's like I when I'm in a good mood, those are the days I want to do design stuff because I'm excited about it. I'm, you know, or like when you when inspiration strikes, if you have things you can move to like take that inspiration and run with it, then do that, you know, like, yeah, and it'll make it. Way but more that's the best you. thing. That's the best thing about blocking time out on your calendar is that let's say inspiration strikes, but you had some other things you have to do. You can actually yeah. move those other things to the time block that you put on for design. Exactly. If exactly. you don't have any time blocked out to do the design work, that's why we are all in this scenario if you are here with us. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I did put it on my calendar, but I also let other things take precedence because it's just everything feels so important when you run your own business. And when you're printers like us, your clients always have – urgent timelines. So, and you want to take on the orders that come in. So when you have these things that are, you know, really important for your business, but they're not directly making you money in the moment, it's sometimes hard to prioritize those things versus a job that comes in that is going to make you money in the moment. And you have to do that. So that personally, I just spilled my Cheez-Its again. (laughs) (laughs) 
That personally is how I got to where I am today, which is basically not, not having any of my holiday <laughs> products ready. Which well, is fine. I think I think Lainey had a really good I don't remember where she talked about this, but she had a really good like perspective. Maybe it was one of her Monday emails from stationary school. Um, shameless plug. Uh, but she <laughs> I think she says something along the lines of like, you know, schedule like your long term stuff, your like things that are like for your business in the morning and then react to all your client based stuff in the afternoon. Because yes. like you have to put those things like like honestly on like some days, if I'm really like need to complete something specific, I won't even check my inbox until later that day. I've also, this has been a really good like mental health thing for me, but turning off my note, like my like little red notification dot on my phone, on my emails and on social media and anything else like HoneyBook, um, my client management software, like helps me because then I'm not looking at it when I don't need to be or when I'm not mentally like prepared to look at it. So um, that's been really good for me too. But I think, you know, Overall, the idea is like you have to prioritize your own stuff as well sometimes. And if you plan yep. accordingly, like then you can do that and still get your client work done on time. Um, it's just, you know, you'll figure out a balance that works for you. But um, I really liked Lainey's like idea of, you know, scheduling all of your business oriented stuff, not client facing things for the morning because you can get that out of the way and then you can focus on your client stuff without sacrificing all the things that you actually need to be doing for your business, whether that's creating your holiday stuff or, you know, setting up your posts for the social media for the next month or whatever it is, you know, like, I think that's a really great way to look at it. So maybe Absolutely. try that. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think I need to. I've made a few yeah. attempts, but you know what? I think it's, I think it's the pressure of being on the West Coast and having so many clients on the East Coast, which I don't know how how that happened, but I'm very grateful for all of them. Yeah. Um, but I always feel really terrible because if they send me something at nine, at nine my time, it's twelve their time. So by the time it's twelve my time, like I feel like they're kind of already checked out. But um, I agree. Starting in the mornings is great. Your email signature because I feel like a lot of corporate people do that, and it's a great idea. Yeah, I think I should do that. I think that would be really yeah. smart. Because then it okay. gives you a little bit of like peace of mind. They'll know. Okay. Okay. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We Thank digress. You. <laughs> okay, we digress. Okay. So that okay, was step three. Step <laughs> okay. That was step three, scheduling the time. Okay. So step four, there is going to be an inevitable per period, an inevitable period where you're waiting on something to come in or you've ordered your plates or whatever as you're waiting for those build out your listings so that all that's needed are photos. And if you're already super savvy in Photoshop and you have any kind of mock-ups, create like a little Photoshop mock-up because then you could even put your listings live and just have them as a pre-sale and be taking advantage of people who are shopping right now. Yeah, um, you can also so use those many... mock-ups in any kind of email or social media marketing between now and then too. Like you don't even Absolutely. have to be actively selling those things to be advertising them. So a hundred percent. There's so many super affordable temp holiday themed mock-up templates on creative market. I bought a whole bundle of them for like $40 that have like cards and all kinds of orientations, different like tags and shapes and stuff and so if you get yourself just like one of those I know a lot of us are perfectionists and we want to have like the printed product and we want to stage our own photography but when you're staring down the barrel of the holiday gun um there's no shame in just taking this 
type of shortcut because the person buying your product, they likely already understand your brand. They likely already understand your character. And a lot of that will even show through in your other listings. Just do a mock-up and put it up. Trust me, like the sales will start trickling in and you'll feel so good about not leaving that money on the table. Yeah, Um, agreed. So that's step four, creating your listings um, and either leaving them as like your – I like to make one as a template that I could copy and paste, especially if um, I'm doing several products that have the same specifications but just have different designs. And that is always super helpful. Okay, so step four is creating your listings. Step five is have a rough deadline of when you need to photograph your product if you feel like you absolutely have to like do a staged, um, you know, photo shoot for your products. You don't have to do this. In the past, I have not done this and I still sold many, many cards. I've also taken old photos of my cards and just photoshopped a new design on top of it. You can really get creative here. That's called a mock-up. You just made your own. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I literally took my own photograph and was just like, yeah, I don't want to make that design anymore. Here's a new one. But if you do want to take photos, which is just fun, it gets you in the holiday spirit. You have to pull out some of your decor. You got to set up a little corner in your house to stage everything. Um, It's fun. It gets you in the spirit. Just have a deadline for it because that will help push you to meet all of the other um, deadlines, like when you have to order your plates, when you have to have your designs done, like all of that is going to be influenced by your photo shoot. And then last but not least, step six is update your listings with these photos and splash them all over the freaking place. Push, push, push. (laughs) Send your emails. Post on Instagram. Do your behind the scenes reels. Like literally every step you do from now until the end of the year is content. You creating your products is content. You getting in your materials and unboxing all those beautiful envelopes is content. Like all of it, seriously. Just have your phone recording at all times. Put that crap on Instagram. People are going to eat it up or TikTok. And then the sales will just come in. So that is my six-step process. And if you're really, really... On top of it, I truthfully believe that even with doing letterpress stuff, you can have all of this completed by the end of October, by like the third week of October. If you are really aggressive, like today you made your list and you ordered your materials and then you start doing your design, like literally you could have these done by mid to end of October. Yeah, that sounds, I mean, I know that sounds scary because I feel scared thinking about that, but it is truly possible. Like also like no matter what you have going on in the next couple of weeks, if you can squeeze in like the beginning phase, the design, the supply ordering, if you can get those things done, the rest of the stuff will already be on their way. You know, like you'll have packaging on its way to you. You'll have your supplies in route, like, and that gives you time to get the other things done that you need to do before you're ready to launch things, right? Like it's not like you're going to be working every day between now and October to get this done, but it is totally possible. Um, in fact, Julian and I are going to prove it correct because we're going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, okay. So, all right. 
you've done it. Your holiday launch is out there in the world. You've shared on social media and your email list and so on and so forth. You're getting orders. Yay. Um, I would say the first thing you should do is celebrate that. You have created new fun things and brought them into the world. You've made them a reality. And that is honestly, it's amazing. Like sometimes I think it's hard to remember that like we literally take ideas out of our heads and we put them onto paper. Like that is an incredible thing. And like, not everyone can do that. And if you're getting sales, you're literally selling people that other, that thing that you've created and it's all yours, you know? So celebrate the moment and make sure that like, even if your goal was just to sell more things you already have, you didn't create anything new for the holidays. Like that's still huge. Um, any order that you get is, is great and worth celebrating. Um, and then, you know, after you've celebrated a little bit, you get to the somewhat difficult stage, which is fulfilling your orders. <laughs> um, there are kind of two phases to this. So there's production, obviously, and then there's shipping. And we all know how that goes in the holiday season, especially. So for production, you know, your quantities are going to be a really big kind of decision factor. Um, so what you want to have on hand is a tough one. There's not really a blanket answer for that. And everyone and every business is going to be completely different. I'm sure what Jillian and I are even like our approaches are even different than each other's, even though we kind of have similar business models. Um, mm -hmm. I personally feel like, you know, I can reprint whenever I need to. So I can kind of quote unquote afford to print lower quantities of most things. Um, however, the caveat to that, like if you're going to have lower quantities or if you're producing things in house, which gives you that flexibility, I would absolutely say it's a must to have extra supplies on hand so that when you do need to reprint, you can do it immediately and you won't have to have like delays for turning around those orders when they do come in, especially if you're down to like the last couple of something. So you know, if you're going to do lower quantities, I would say have all the extra supplies that you might need on hand just in case. Um, that way you'll hopefully avoid any issues. But what about you, Jillian? What, do you, what are your plans for holiday quantities and things? So I typically try to avoid reprinting whenever possible, um, be only because most of my cards in my holiday collection are more labor than they're really priced for. <laughs> LOL. Um, they're all three colors. Classic. Um, <laughs> several of them actually one of them I think is four colors several of them have very tight registration uh and they just take a lot of time and I've done the math and I really should be selling them for like seven dollars but I don't because I want to be competitive in the online marketplace which we could have a whole different episode about that yeah we probably will um, have to but because of that, I do try to avoid it. So what I typically do is if it's a design that I think is really going to sell, like the year of COVID, I designed a card that said, ho, ho, holy moly, what a year. <laughs> still but a good like, card, honestly. <laughs> right? It is It is still a good card. But I knew that sucker was going to sell and it was only a two-color card. So I just went to town and I printed like 150 of those. That was like the most I had ever printed for a holiday design because I'm always really trepidatious about holidays. Everyone celebrates like a, a different holiday. Everyone feels differently about the holidays. Some yeah. people want to be silly. Some people want to be serious. Some people are very religious. Some people are like me who are completely not religious. And I kind of like to dip my toes in like all of the things because yeah. I'm like super into all of it. So, you know, just kind of enjoy the aesthetic of all the religions. 
Yeah. And then I know there are people who are totally not religious at all and like want nothing to do with that, but still want to send like an end of the year, like happy new year card. Yeah. So that said, I get really worried about large quantities personally. So I try to stick to a hundred unless it's something that I don't have, I think is maybe too niche specific. Then I go with like 50 and just suss it out. Um, But this does mean if someone sees my design and they're like, oh, my God, I love that. I want to order it for my holiday cards or my business cards and I need 75, I will reprint for them. But usually there's like an upcharge because they add other things on top of it. Like it's worth my while to print a whole other set for them. The other thing that I do is I try to make all of my cards the same color scheme. Yes. Um. I have changed the color schemes like throughout the years, but I try to only have like four mixed colors and I mix enough of it and keep them in little like sauce containers, Um, which by the way, I just picked up some from the Dollar Tree that are so good. They're like more rigid than the takeout ones Hmm. and I'm very excited about them. Well, for anyone listening uh, and you're wondering what sauce container she's referring to, you're going to have to purchase our letterpress supply uh, guide, which is available <laughs> on our website. <laughs> and I think I'm going to add these ones from the Dollar Tree on there because honestly, they've, they've been a lifesaver. Anyway, so I pre-mix <laughs> those four colors. I have them on hand. And then honestly, if there's any reason that I'm printing like the blue, I'll look through all my cards. And if anything's low, then I'll just print the blue. And I yeah. won't print the other colors for that card. I'll just kind of leave it there. That way, if somebody does order more than what I have on hand, I'm already at least one color ahead of the game. Yeah, like- for sure. Yeah, I do kind of the same like the same idea. I think in any way you can streamline what you're doing, especially if you're a printer, <laughs> the better. Like I, you know, I think we all like, I'm sure you did the same thing or everyone else who's listening has probably done the same thing if they have a product-based business or had a product-based business. And when I first started with greeting cards, it was like, okay, I'm going to have four main colors. I'm going to order envelopes in those four colors. And then I'm going to have a neutral. And then I'm going to do this. Oh, I really want to do this color for that thing. And I want to get these envelopes because they're really pretty. And then all of a sudden you have like this mismatched like jumble of things. And now I have like 20 of this color and 12 of that color and 58 of this color. And it's like so funny. (laughs) But now I've evolved in the last like two years and I have like, a neutral envelope with a couple of colors for fun and grins and giggles. And then for like my holiday cards last year, this worked really well. So obviously you have the traditional holiday colors, right? For Christmas, it's red Mm -hmm. and green and that's typical. You can also just do one of those things and it still feels Christmassy, but it's not like diehard Christmassy. If you're not religious or if you're not super into Christmas, a red card is probably not going to scare you away. Like a red and green card, you know, fine. That's really Christmassy, whatever. But like, you could just pick one color and then pair it with neutrals. And so like I last year did red, green, and gold for three different card designs. And it was amazing because I only had to mix those colors one time. And then all of your cards match and all of the envelopes go together with anything. So like it makes it so much easier if you can design in a smarter way to streamline your colors, especially if you're letterpress printing. Um, Yeah. And also like, I feel like there are colors out there that like for the non-traditionalists, last year I did neon pink and orange and I'm totally going to do the same thing again this year because one, obsessed. the people loved them, two, I love them and that's really what matters. (laughs) (laughs) But 
you know, it's like you could do something totally not related to the holidays and make it a fun thing and make that like the whole point. Because there are people out there, like you said, like there are so many people out there who are not religious, not holiday specific or non-denominational or whatever the case may be. Or they like don't celebrate Christmas themselves, but they want to give somebody something for the holiday. Like there's so many reasons why people would buy things that aren't Christmassy around Christmas time, you know, like yeah, so many reasons. So you don't have to stick with the green and red. It doesn't have to be the only option. But if you pick a color palette to work with for all of your products that you're going to be launching, it'll save you time and stress in the long run. So Simplify yeah. your life. <laughs> yeah. And I have a other random tidbit advice from experience, which is regardless of what color scheme you choose, if one of the ways you're bringing color in is the envelopes, be careful not to get an envelope that is too dark yeah. for the average pen to be legible on it. Um, I remember my first holiday season, uh, I think it was LCI, was having this huge clearance sale. And one of the colors was this like dark green but sparkly envelope, which was very hard to write on and even harder to see what was written on. And then the other thing was a very dark red envelope, but it wasn't like a dark red, like a burgundy. Like it was a true like Christmas red, but still when you wrote on it with like a blue or black pen, you really couldn't read it. You had to write with a Sharpie. Yeah. And because they were on clearance, I bought freaking hundreds. (laughs) I bought so many envelopes. And then instantly, and I've done it. I still have made that mistake with Better Mail, like buying a plum envelope. I'm sorry, but nobody can read on that. Like you can't use it. So just have a good, like a neutral is always a good option for cards. You can jazz it up with a liner. If you have like a higher end clientele, you could bring in more color with like pre-made envelope liners um, and all of that stuff. But I firmly believe that a good neutral envelope, you just can't go wrong because they're going to look good with all of the cards that you have. Also tangents, but still related. So two things. One, um, if you're a stationer and you design wedding invitations, you probably already know that envelopes with like a darker envelope with white addressing, whether it's calligraphy or printed or whatever, sometimes those take a lot longer. So if people are mailing out like semi-custom or custom holiday cards, whether they have a photo or just a message or whatever, those might take longer. So that's something to be aware of too. Like if you have people in December who are like, oh, I want to send out holiday cards next week. Can I do these dark green envelopes with white ink? You're like, I mean, you could, but they may not arrive until January. So, like, that's something to think about, too. The other tangent I have for you is stamps. Um, Stamps! Buy the cute holiday stamps immediately because they will be gone. And then you'll just be left over with weird ones with, like, you know, baby Jesus or, um, like, some weird, like, Art Deco (laughs) Noel thing that nobody likes. You know, like, just buy them now. Just buy whatever stamps you want to have on hand. And not everyone provides stamps, but, you know, it's fun fun to think about. And it'll get you in the mood for the holiday spirit, you know? I'm literally making a note after recording, go by stamps, (laughs) all capital letters. I've been meaning to do it for a while. All capital letters, go by stamps. Also, Um, am I the only one that hoards like their favorite stamps? I think I have like a a 20 
stamp book of like every stamp design I've ever seen that I loved. Like I have yep. from several past holiday seasons, like not even just last year, but the, like years prior, I have stamps because they're just like super cute. The little like rolling in the snow ones last year were really fun. I hope they bring those back. I love um, those. I also really love the otters. Yes, the, the otters snow made me really otters. happy. The snow oh, otters. So cute. Um, I think I still have some of those and too. I'm not going to lie. The winter ones have been really good. Like the yeah, last year USPS, we yeah, USPS has let us down in the wedding sector, but for the winter <laughs> sector, um, yeah. it's been pretty dope. I am okay. So the ones that I've collected so far are any of the space ones, of course. The. Um, giving tree one I have probably four sheets of those and I will not give them up and then I am so excited about the Snoopy ones like that's actually going to be a huge holiday stamp for me because they're adorable to me is holiday yeah Charlie Brown Christmas hello (laughs) yes I'm so excited about those I'm also looking to see if they have any other like so they have holiday elves oh that'll be fun which are new they're kind of cute she says kind of like, that means they're not cute <laughs> i mean they are they're just they look like those other ones from the year before but they are yeah. different but they're cute um yeah i just feel like they need to branch out like a little bit oh they do have this hanukkah one it's a stained glass very vote. beautiful they should let us vote um, on these designs because i feel like we could get the whole stationary designer community on this and we would actually end up with good stamps if they gave us choices do you do you know about the secret stamp committee no how do we get on it i guess it would okay, be okay so there is literally a secret committee like the names of these people do not get exposed until like after they're off the committee and maybe perhaps they speak about it but it is a very small committee of people who decide what these stamps look like. And I've got bones to pick. Okay. Well, I also say, like, if anyone of those people is listening, like, we're sorry. But, like, you know, the, the people have spoken. There are some designs that are just not fun. And, like, like we could stop. We could stop right now. Never, ever again need to put somebody's face on a stamp. Like, there's so many amazing artists in this world, and there's so, like, many beautiful stamps that we can make. Nobody wants someone's face on their mail. (laughs) Nobody wants it. Let's find another way to honor these people. And it's always a very niche. It's always a very niche person, too. Yeah, it's like... Stop it with the faces. Let's let's give them a statue of park bench somewhere (laughs) you want to honor someone figure out what they're passionate about maybe nancy reagan really loved puppies then make a puppy stamp for (laughs) Yeah, i'm not saying these aren't important people to something but to the stationary world i just don't know weirdly enough stamps are like the perfect segue into the final stage which is shipping um holiday shipping so in my real world life i plan and manage wine club shipments and for those of you who have never ordered wine um from anywhere online or a winery then had it shipped home you have to sign for your packages you can't just like the driver can't just like drop it off at your doorstep (laughs) so it makes (laughs) wine very complicated there's temperature controls all of this um so you can consider me your uh sympathetic shipping suedo expert um i have definitely dealt with it all um And we all know and we've all dealt with holiday shipping snafus and disasters before. So whether you have ordered products or you are someone who ships out orders, 
um, you've dealt with it like inevitably and not just in the holiday season, but it does get especially bad. Um, in 2020, COVID year was like insane for holiday shipping. So overall, the number one thing you can do to prevent like issues with your customers or your clients is overestimate. You need to pad your shipping time frames as best you can and maybe even add a day or two just for good measure um, because the shipping companies are going to be telling you, you know, a certain time frame for ground shipping, for priority, for overnight, whatever. And then, you know, there's obviously going to be exceptions and delays. So just be prepared for that. Um, and also before the holiday launch that you're planning and you're working on, you should absolutely check and update all of your shipping rates before your big launch because FedEx, UPS, and USPS are all going to be charging additional fees and upping rates for the busy season. So I don't know, they all have their different dates, you know, and I'm sure they'll, they'll pad their shoulders uh, with, those, with those dates. So make sure that you're checking those rates, updating all of your systems now if they don't automatically update because you don't want to be responsible for covering all that extra and cutting right out of your profits. So if you charge shipping, make sure that you're covered. If you offer something like free shipping, make sure it's worth your while. Um, that could be a minimum spend amount for order in order to earn free shipping, or you could only offer it on ground or whatever the slowest shipping method is and people pay to upgrade, that kind of thing. Whatever you want to do, just make sure that you're covered and that you're not, like I said, eating the cost of that with your profits. Um you're also going to want to look at last dates to ship for things like Christmas arrival because people will absolutely be asking and shopping last minute and you want to be able to capture some of those sales um, and also just be prepared. So check with your shipping company, whoever you like to use, and find out what's guaranteed for arrival. Um, no one wants to be the reason little Susie's gift didn't arrive for the big day, right? So just check it now. And all of these things considered, make sure that your policies are all absolutely up to date whether it's in your shop page, your Etsy page, your confirmation emails, all of the above, make sure your rates are up to date and your policies are there. That way you're ready and you're prepared for things to take a little extra time. Yeah, I agree. Like padding, padding, padding. And all of this um, really leads into the last point we have here, which is that this is a really important time to keep your mental health in check. <laughs> Um, yeah. this is like the time of year where like not only work, but like personal stuff can be really overwhelming. It's flu season. Everyone gets sick. Like you never really yeah. know what the holidays are going to throw at you. So, um, as far as work goes, the best thing you can do is set your boundaries now, like decide definitively when your shop is going to close for the holidays and definitely close your shop at least during some point in the holiday for you to really take time with your family. Um, nobody's products are like that important that you have to like keep running and running unless you have a rotating staff or something. But when is your shop going to close for the holidays? Decide that now. When will the last day that you take orders be, that's a really good one to know because you need to be communicating that to people. That's also an incentive for them to buy early, letting them know that this is the last day to take on new orders and this is the last day that orders are going to ship. Um, have all of that pre-written out and then start informing people. Put it on the banner in your Etsy shop or your website. 
put it in your email signature, put it in your social media links or whatever. You could just put holiday deadlines as like a link and create a page on your website for it. Totally. Basically have all of that decided in writing, easy for everyone to understand and see. Well, Um, it'll hold you accountable. It will also hold all of your customers accountable. So when they email you two days after your your cutoff date and you've shared this in your emails, in your social media, on your website, then they have like – and they reach out to you. You won't have to feel the pressure, the obligation to accommodate them if you don't want to because – At that point of the season, everyone gets so stressed out and people get so aggressive and this will like having it in writing and having it everywhere and notifying people from the very get go is going to help you feel empowered to say, hey, this is the link to my policy page. I unfortunately, you know, can't accommodate that. I can refer you to so and so who has a website that you can order whatever, like you'll be ready, you'll be prepared, and you won't be in the heat of the moment with somebody coming at you aggressively trying to accommodate this last minute request that's going to wreck your Christmas Eve. You know, like, it's yep. not worth it um, to not, like, be able to, like, and if you want to accommodate that, great. You totally can. And you can, you know, go beyond those policies. But it's always great to have the backup of everything in writing and everything visible and advertised to the customer. Yeah. Thanks, and then in addition to that, Be prepared with any other decisions in writing on your shop policies page, which will hopefully curb like any stressful decision making that will come up during all of these crazy requests that you know you're going to get. Like if you um, if you letterpress something that is custom, a custom illustration, like let's say you do dog portraits and then you letterpress that like. You, nobody can change the amount of time of how long it takes you to illustrate something and then how long it takes for your plates to get made. Would you also want to check in with all of your vendors and make sure that you know their own timelines? Good yeah. to know. That's um, another thing to decide on is like when something runs out, are you going to order more or make more? Or are you going to just be out of that product? Like right. that's something that you need to think about now, especially when you're ordering supplies and packaging and thing like you need to be thinking about that too, is like when something does run out, which we hope it is, you're going to sell out of everything. Um, we Yay. are manifesting that for you. Um, but like when that thing does run out, what are you going to do? And have a plan in place for that. Like whether you're reordering and have the files somewhere that's easy to access and all of that, you know, like especially especially for those of us who make like 15 versions of something, like delete all the previous versions that you don't want. Just delete them or put them in a little folder out in the boondocks of your document storage system. Like, Make sure that all of the like most up to date final decision designs and everything are ready to go. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, definitely have like write things down so that you just already have it there. You could even like whatever your policies are on fulfillment timelines, whatever your policies are on rush orders, um, whatever your policies are on returns and refunds. Yes. Have all of that pre-written out. Now, if you sell on sites like Etsy, they kind of like force you to make that stuff as you're setting up your shop. So go back and look at those and make sure that they are current um, because you may have set those up a really long time ago. I also encourage you to copy and paste some of that into your actual listing. Like if you don't allow 
returns or refunds, like make sure that is in your listing as well. Yeah, that's a great idea. People still probably won't read it, but it definitely covers your butt. <laughs> yeah, um, it gives you it gives you some power behind yeah. it, you know, in, in the case that does happen. Yeah, for sure. But it really helps. And then another thing to think of, of like a policy is what to do if someone hasn't received their order. Type out like a few things before that even happens of like what you can even do for the most part you can't do anything so as long as you know the order was was fulfilled you need to think about it and assess the cost of your product and the cost the price that you're selling it at and decide whether you're willing to send out another product or whatever like the more decisions you make ahead of time the easier it's going to be to handle the chaos when it comes at you because you'll already have a decision sort of made and the customer's emotions won't be able to influence that decision as easily. For sure. Um, I personally am also all about a like drafted email template. I love having drafts of like and templates ready to go for just about anything, but you could do this all now too. draft up an email that informs the customer of a delay or have a pre-written response for people who inquire things like custom invitations for next year. It's like, okay, yeah, I'll talk to you in January. Like, (laughs) you know, like having a response prepared for like variable circumstances, like you can even schedule your post holiday. Thank you for an amazing year email. You can write that now. And have those scheduled, have them drafts ready, have even just a Word document with like possible responses saved. And that will save you time and anxiety when all of these emails come in, when you're dealing with all the craziness. And, um, you know, in general, that's a good practice to have, but it's especially helpful with, you know, all the possible, especially the negative circumstances that can really wreck your day. Like talk about protecting your mental health again. Like if you have like emails drafted for somebody who's like, where's my order? Or my order says it's delayed or, you know, I need 10 more of these, like have a response, like, Hey, you can also set your like vacation response for like when your shop is closed, you know, saying like, Hey, you can schedule your, Hey, my shop is closing next week. Get your orders in like all of those marketing emails, all of those like response emails can be drafted up now. So, you know, while you have the like the mental capacity, it's awesome to just even start those because then you can still make edits later and you can still change them before they're sent out. But just having something to go off it will be super helpful as far as saving like saving time and saving mental capacity too, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. And if you are a fairly new printer and a solo printer, can we call it? You know how they do solopreneur as like an yeah. independent entrepreneur? Can we have solo printer? Yes, a solo printer <laughs> on our it. own printing also owning a business. So if you're a fellow solo printer, which now has to go on a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, we've got, uh, we've got to, we've got to copyright that. Ooh. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Um, I think that would be a trademark, but we'll talk about that in episode two. <laughs> yay. Anyway, if you're like us, then this truly will likely be the busiest time of the year for you. Um, Unless you have like a really demanding wedding season. But I feel like the holidays can get like super crazy because people are going to reach out to you and want cards that you haven't even designed. Like maybe they've designed or something for their company or whatever. So you might be spending a lot more time on the press. 
just have an auto reply, letting people know that you're only checking your emails like once a day or whatever to set that expectation so that when they're coming at you with their like, I need these and they have to be mailed by tomorrow, like they know that you're already in a state of busy and whether or not you can even accommodate them is a question and what price you will be accommodating that <laughs> is an even bigger question. Very important question. Yeah, for sure. Very important question. Yeah, that's a great call. That's a great call for sure. Yay. Well, this was great. I feel awesome. ready. Well, I feel I feel better prepared. <laughs> Other than the designing and producing and shipping and all of that. But, uh, you know, the- yeah. <laughs> Happy October, everyone. <laughs> How about this? I have... Okay, so you know how earlier I said that, like, if I have a color on the press, I'll print it, even if, like, you know what I mean? Like, if I have a color on the press and I have a card, whatever. Okay, so last year I had red and teal were on the press for other reasons, but I had this one card that I absolutely love. Um, It's a hot cocoa mug, and it says, like, best wishes, warmest regards. Yeah. Oh, yes, it does. That's right. I'm like, I probably have one somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. So I printed the teal and the red on that, but I still haven't printed the brown. And there's like a hundred and something of them. And those cards have just been sitting on my shelf since last year. So like, that's what I'm talking like now when I go to print those, I just have to print one color, the brown, and I'll have a hundred something cards like done. It is yeah. so nice to just like it doesn't take long to like put the plate on but like to do the whole setup of like the color and the packing and blah 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 like such a pain but if you already have the color up there then to like throw a plate on it's just so nice. Yeah. So I all agree. I'm saying is I'm advocating for do incomplete work. One day it'll make it so much easier to complete it. <laughs> <laughs> LOL. Uh, at least it's something, you know? Yeah, I am really good about, like, when I I have, like, little note cards and envelopes that I, like, include as thank you notes in a lot of my orders. And whenever I have, like, my brand colors, which are, you know, neon pink and dark purple and beige, uh, whenever I happen to have one of those on press, I usually, like, print something. Because when it's your own brand, you can kind of, like, do whatever you want, right? Like, as long as you, like, I have a little, like, pile of plates and they're various pieces of my branding design, like, logos, sub icons, all of that stuff. And, like, I can just kind of mix and match however I'm feeling that day. So I have, like, a variety of cards and envelopes that have my branding stuff. But anywho, so, yeah, I'm pretty good about, like, when I have beige on the press, I'm like, what else can I print? And, you know, so, anywho. All right, well, let's wrap this up because, of course, we went on so many rambles about stamps and printing and all of that. (laughs) Classic. Let's move on to probably our favorite new little segment of the episodes, which is 12 Weeks of Printmas. Dun-dun-dun-dun. Yeah, so each episode that airs from now until December, so basically all of Threes and C... Oh my god. (laughs) So (laughs) each episode that airs from now until December, um, so all of season three, yay, is going to have a little action item at the end. So we're going to ask you to participate and participating will enter you to win a prize of the week. So during the following week, we'll announce the winners on Instagram and via our weekly emails as well. So um, 
Yeah, we're so excited. It's going to be so fun. Yes. And this week we are preparing for the Los Angeles Printers Fair. As you guys know, we're going to be there October 22nd and 23rd in Carson, California. Yay! Um, So we're prepping for the fair and we had a few ideas for t-shirt designs, but we really are only going to bring one of them. So we want you guys to vote on the newest t-shirt design, the newest and the first, the very first. <laughs> the only. <laughs> the, the first and the only, but not forever the only. Hot off the press t-shirt. So if you guys go over to Instagram, or if you're not on Instagram, subscribe to our email list. We're going to be putting up a poll on Instagram. It will be saved under a highlight, the print miss a series of highlights perfect, and um, it will be sent out via email that you could reply to. So if you cast a vote on either platform, you will be entered to win one of the t-shirts. The Yay! winning t-shirt. We should clarify. <laughs> yes. The winning t-shirt. Yay. Fun. Yay. Um, uh. So we can't wait to see your votes roll in. Hopefully, we'll even be seeing you in person at the Printer's Fair. It'd be so awesome to see you there. And more details about that are in the show notes, as well as a link to sign up for our email list, if you haven't, will be right down in the show notes. Perfect. Here, wherever you listen to your podcast. <laughs> if you uh, enjoyed listening to this episode, or if you've enjoyed Hot Off the Press at all so far, please leave us a review wherever you like to listen, because that helps us reach other listeners. And um, yeah, thanks, Cruz, for that one. That was perfect timing, girl. Thanks, Cruz. <laughs> she's like, yes. <laughs> okay, she's well, like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, she's like, we're done with this. Let's be done with this. <laughs> Well, we are done. So thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.